welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Good morning or afternoon or evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are. I am recording this in the morning. I'm trying to get it done before the crazy construction outside starts and we get noises uh, kicking in. But anyway, thank you for being here listening to this week's episode. This week's episode, I really want to give you some evidence especially if you're someone who is at a point where you're wanting to create some sort of change, especially in your professional life. And I know that's a big part of what I talk about regularly on the podcast because I'm a believer that it's important that you do whatever you can to do work that you love because that's you adding your greatest value to the world, to the people in your life and the people that get to interact with you. And one of the things that I hear often from clients and potential clients are that they are concerned about, have I left it too late to create a change? I'm too old now to change my career. And people will say that when they're in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s. And I want to give you some evidence to hopefully help you realize that that's not true. It's not a reason to not pursue your dreams or pursue something that you care about. So I have gone through and done some research and found 18 stories or examples of people who have made significant career change later in life. And later, I guess, is a relative term. But I'm hoping that through these stories, you'll hear at least one that will make you kind of go, well, if that person can do that and achieve what they've achieved, then maybe it's not too late. So let's dive in. Story number one. Vera Wang, possibly one of the world's most famous fashion designers. She was actually a figure skater and then she was a journalist before she got into fashion and she was a fashion editor for a while uh, and designed for other people. But it got to a point where she designed her own wedding dress, which then led her to decide to open her own wedding dress boutique. And then that went on to have her create her own collection of her own designs. And she did that at the age of 40. Story number two, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You probably have heard of him. He has actually made two significant career changes. The first one was when he transitioned from being um, a world champion bodybuilder. You know, he, the pictures of him back then I find a little bit scary because he was weird body shape and just like somebody described him once as being um, like a brown condom full of walnuts or something equally visually as terrifying. Uh, but he transitioned from being a world champion bodybuilder in his 20s and from there he went into being an actor because he just decided that he wanted to be an actor and he did whatever he had to do to make that happen. And he did that in his thirties. And then he transitioned out of that into, in his fifties, he was 56 when he became the governor of California. 
into politics. So three incredibly different industries, professions, careers, whatever you want to call it, at three very different stages of life. Number three, John Grisham, famous author. He was actually a lawyer pretty much for the first half of his career before he then went into uh, his career, which he does now, which is writing amazing legally based thrillers. And he's incredibly successful at that. So that was an example of someone uh, leveraging off their experience, but just redirecting it into a, di a different channel or a different outlet. So he wasn't walking away from his legal experience. He channeled it into his love of writing. Story example number four, um, Harland, never knew that was his name, Harland Sanders, aka Colonel Sanders, he came from a really interesting background. He was apparently a manual labourer before he ended up buying his very first restaurant at age 40. And that's where he started to develop and perfect the secret recipe, which is still a tightly held secret for his finger licking good KFC chicken. And then uh, so he did that at 40, his first restaurant, and then he franchised it when he was 65. And the jobs that he had done before then was um, he'd been a, a lawyer in the country. He had also worked at like a petrol station and he'd also worked on the railroad as some sort of physical laborer. Story number five, Julia Child. Now she is kind of a really interesting character. I listened to a great podcast about her called Great Women in Business, I think it is. Anyway, she wrote her first cookbook when she was 50. And before that, she'd had careers in advertising, in media, and she'd also been an intelligence officer. Um, but she really launched her career as a celebrity chef in 1961. And she had huge battles because in that era, she was in France and she wanted to train in the culinary arts and they only accepted men. And so she really had to battle a lot of obstacles to be able to prove her worth and her passion and her determination is really what kept her going. Story number six, Ray Kroc, as you may have seen in the movie, The Founder, Ray Kroc didn't buy McDonald's until he was 56. And before that, he had been a like a door-to-door -door, um, milkshake device salesman, which we saw in the movie. But he always had bigger visions for himself. And so that was in his 50s he created that change. And obviously McDonald's has gone on to be the worldwide phenomenon that we know it to be today. Example number seven, Donald Fisher. I hadn't heard of him, to be honest, but Donald Fisher and his wife, um, he was 40 when he opened the very first Gap clothing store. Uh, and that was in 1969. And he had had no retail experience whatsoever. Before that, he had been a property developer. And apparently what triggered it all was that he had had trouble trying to return a pair of jeans that didn't fit to a store. And this is the, the way the story goes. Um, apparently that triggered he and his wife to say, well, that's not good enough. 
and uh, we want to have a shop where we stock a huge range of Levi's so we've got all the sizes that possibly people could could need and they also saw an opportunity in the market with the rise of the teenager and their sort of clothing desires and interests. Story number eight, Paul Newman. He was a very famous actor and he was 57 years old when he founded Newman's Own Sources. And that was one of the very first food companies to use all natural ingredients in a, on a, I guess, a really large scale. And how that came about, apparently, is that he and one of his mates had been making this particular salad dressing just at home and then giving it to their friends as gifts. And the response from people about how they loved the salad dressing led them to decide to make it into a commercial venture. And all of the after-tax profits are donated to charity. So that's an example of someone creating financial success to then be able to fund and support the causes that they believe in. Sometimes people get caught up in wanting to help causes and I think that's a great thing. However, if you are not financially strong, then your ability to actually really support causes that you believe in and to make a big difference in the world is limited. And so I'm a big believer in going out and creating the level of success that helps you to feel financially secure and then go on to be financially abundant so that you have great choices in how you can create the biggest impact in the world for the causes that you care about. Story number nine. I hope you're getting the drift that there are lots of examples here. Susan Boyle, she was an unemployed church volunteer and she was 48 years old when she auditioned for Britain's Got Talent and her audition went crazy viral and on that day apparently she had a cold she didn't even feel like her early auditions had went that well but her net worth now has been estimated at somewhere around 30 million pounds crazy story number 10 Linda McCartney, she was 50. Yes, she was married to Paul McCartney from the Beatles, but she was uh, 50 when she launched a her own range of vegan foods. And But before that, she had been a photographer, amongst other things. But she'd also always been a strong uh, advocate for animal rights. And so part of the profits from the full range of McCartney Foods now go to support her charity Animal Line, another example of someone being able to support causes they believe in because of their commercial success and going after something that they see they're passionate about and that see that uh, answers a need that other people have. Example number 11, Jeff Bezos was uh, a computer scientist on Wall Street and then went on and had fairly senior roles at different financial companies before he actually transitioned into the world of e-commerce and launched Amazon at age 31. Story number 12, Martha Stewart. She was a full-time model until when she got to about 25 and she became a mother. Uh, she noticed and saw that the number of modeling jobs that were coming her way was definitely going to be declining. And she also wanted something more. 
And so she ended up working for about five years as a Wall Street stockbroker. Can you believe that? Like that's really from modeling to stockbroker. And then she uh, channeled her true love of gourmet cooking and um, I guess presenting things beautifully into her own company, which is now called Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia. Uh, and it's a massive global success. Yes, she had a stint in jail as well. That probably was a career transition she didn't anticipate. But, you know, her company is extremely successful. And apparently she now has a show that she does with Snoop Dogg. So crazy how, where things can go and how they can evolve. Case study number 13. Michael Bloomberg was a CEO in a financial software company, Bloomberg, at 59. So that was his company. And he did that to go to be the mayor of New York City. And he was mayor in New York for 12 years, but has now since gone back to or went back to resume his role at, at Bloomberg as CEO. So that's an example of where people sometimes make a transition away from what they're doing now to go into something that they really care about to contribute and to make a difference and channel a different kind of passion. But then they can go back to the industry or the sort of role that they had previously, but be able to bring with them a whole range of different experience and knowledge from that different role. Number 14, maybe one of my favorites, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now, he also has transitioned careers a couple of times. So he's now sometimes referred to as the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. But before that, he was, uh, for a short time apparently, a linebacker, whatever that is, because I don't really understand American football at all, um, for the Canadian Football League. So he walked away from that football career and went into the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, in uh, 1996 when he was 24. And that is what actually created a platform for him to really achieve stardom. And that led to him crossing over out of the WWF into TV and movies. So, again, a couple of really interesting transitions that, that maybe – you know, when he was in sports, he couldn't have seen that he'd end up a massive celebrity movie star. Or maybe he did. It would be interesting to ask him that. Uh, story number 15, uh, Spanx. You know, those, the kind of underwear that suck all your bits in so you have a really great hourglass shape. I actually have never worn them. I've seen them, but I've never worn them. But anyway, the founder of Spanx, Sarah Blakely, before that had sold office supplies door to door and she did that in her 20s for seven years and then she started her um, pantyhose kind of underwear line uh, and that then started to become successful in 2000 and she quit she eventually quit her sales job when she was 30 to be able to focus on running the company full-time and that company is literally, she is a billionaire now. Story number 16, Jonah Peretti. Uh, before he launched um, the media sites BuzzFeed and co-founded the Huffington Post in his 30s, before that, he was a high school teacher and he was teaching uh, kids how to use Microsoft Office. So he was a computer science teacher that then went on 
to launch some of these amazing and most successful online media sites. Number 17. Now this is a, someone I hadn't heard of. She's an American comedian and was a, a host on The View. Her name's Joy Behar. So she had been a teacher and so she was used to presenting in that way. But apparently what happened was when she was in her late 30s, she had a really a life-threatening situation where she nearly died from an ectopic pregnancy. And that moment persuaded her to actually pursue her dream of wanting to go into comedy. And so she went out there and, and did it and was incredibly successful in that. And sometimes, unfortunately, as human beings, we need something which is often referred to as the universal boot to give us the shove of reminding ourselves of what we really care about or what we really want to do before we will make it important enough to do. So in this example, I guess my question for you is, are you waiting for some kind of tragedy, either for yourself or a tragedy in somebody else's life that's important to you to be the catalyst for you to actually make it important enough to pursue what it is that you really want to do. And I get it that that can be what sometimes we need, but you don't have to wait for that. And case study number 18, the last one. Again, this is someone I hadn't heard of, but I loved the story when I came across it, so I wanted to share it and include it in this episode. Anna Mary Robertson is actually apparently better known as Grandma Moses, didn't start her painting career until she was 78 years old. Before that, she was a housekeeper and a farm labourer. So very humble beginnings. It wasn't like she grew up in a fancy pants kind of home where art was part of what she grew up being surrounded by. Apparently, in 2006, one of her paintings sold for one2 million US dollars. So what are all the things that these people had in common? Well, one of the things that I believe is that they didn't give up and they didn't tell themselves it's too late. I'm too old. I've waited too long. They got out there, got the support that they needed, took action and kept backing themselves to keep moving consistently towards something that they thought could be good for them. And you know what, if it's possible for them, then it's possible for you. 10 years ago, I used to work in radio and I'm telling you now, there is no way that if you'd asked me then, even when I knew that I wanted to do something different, I didn't know specifically what, and there is no way that I could have, you know, been a fortune teller and seen where my life would have gone and what the different things that I would do for work would end up being and how my life is different now because of the work that I do and the opportunities that it opens up for me. And yes, I still am on my path and I'm still evolving towards what else I can do and be. But I wouldn't have imagined this for myself because I was in a certain headspace of what I thought was possible. I didn't know what was possible. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I just knew there was something more 
that I could do. And even though I was in a very comfortable six-figure salary situation, I was in a very fun kind of industry that in many ways suited my personality, I just knew there was something more meaningful that I could do and there were more people that I could help. And so that led me to decide to create a change and to explore until I found out what that was. So what about for you? Maybe there's you're in a job at the moment and you're really good at it, but it's not feeling as satisfying for you anymore. Maybe you know what it is that you'd really like to do. You're just not sure about how to create that transition. Maybe you don't know yet what it is you want to do, but you just want something to be different, something to change. So my question is, what do you need for you to get started towards exploring what's next for you? Because that's where it begins. You have to make a start. You're not likely to be able to make the change in a single bound. It's going to take some time and you will need some support along the way from different people and different things. And so I have an invitation for you. I have decided to do a five-day challenge for people who are feeling dissatisfied with your current work life. It's around a five-day challenge to discover your transferable skills because what I hear often from people that are at that point is they they are so trapped in what they've been doing for so long. It's tricky for them to see the skills that they have and that they would want to keep using in a new role. And so each day over the five day challenge, I'm gonna be doing a short video training, five to 10 minutes max, with really specific actionable steps for you to take. And at the end of the week, you'll be able to have on paper, clarity around some of your key strengths and skills that you want to use as you move into the next role for you or the next transition that you're going to head into. And you'll feel so much more confident about whatever that next move might be. Now, those video trainings are only going to be visible if you're part of the private Facebook group, the Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. The reason why I'm doing it that way is because I've realized that people don't want to be posting and commenting in public, in a public group, about wanting to leave their job or change their work. So I get that. So instead of doing the challenge in that open group, we do it in the safety and privacy of the closed Facebook group. There's also going to be a short workbook for you to download and fill out the activities as we go through. So you're actioning whilst you're watching the video and really making the most of your time. So if you are curious about this and you're thinking that maybe you might want to be creating something different in your work life, then go to Facebook right now on your phone or your computer, whatever you're listening to this on. Search in the search bar for the Transit Lounge and click on the one that comes up as the Transit Lounge being CEOU um, on it. That's the private group. The other one is the public group. You're just going to, when you request access to the private group, you just need to answer a couple of quick questions so that I know that you're not some kind of fake spam bot profile person, and then you'll be in and ready to go. And if this challenge isn't right for you right now, then maybe you know someone who's not that happy with what they're doing right now. Maybe they know that they would rather be doing something else and they know what it is, but maybe they're not sure how. 
or maybe they are not sure what they want to do next. They're at a point where someone commented on a post I put on Facebook the other day um, that they're in feeling like they're in life limbo. And so they're not sure what to do next, but they just know that it's something's got to change. If you do know someone like that, then please share this episode with them or just let them know about this challenge and get them to join the Facebook group so they can make a start on moving towards doing work that they love. So the challenge, the five-day challenge starts on Monday, the 24th of September. So get on board, get cracking, and I will hopefully see you there. Thanks for listening to the Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.